Hey, Bettys. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Hello, hello. Welcome to Geeky Magic, uh, the second show that we have in the Better Podcast. And today I wanted to share with you what it was like um, to have COVID. I'm sure many of you uh, may have already experienced this, uh, vaccinated or unvaccinated. And I wanted to share with you in case you have been the um, <laughs> you have been the ninja who has dodged all the variants over the last two years, some of the protocols that you can do to help you get over uh, the cold faster, or the I should say the the virus faster, um, and some nutritional protocols, some physical protocols, and if you have already been infected, and maybe you are dealing with long hauler syndrome, uh, these these uh, strategies will also be uh, applicable to you as well. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms, and here's a really simple answer for you: take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause, and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause, and there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water, and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. All right. So yes, I had COVID and um, I misspoke before when I said a cold because it, that's actually what it felt like. It felt like it was a really bad cold. And I've had the flu uh, just once uh, before in my life. And let me tell you, I thought I was going to die when I had that flu. This was not nearly severe um, as that presentation. You know, that flu I had, it was, oh God, maybe it's like a decade ago now. Uh, I slept straight, you know, like all day long. I couldn't eat a lick of food, generally down for the count. I was actually quite nervous uh, because I had never experienced anything like that. And the infection that I got, presumably Omicron, um, in comparison was probably let's call it five out of 10 or 10, you know, six out of 10 in, in comparison. Like, so it was not as severe, however, not to be discounted either. It wasn't just like I have a runny nose. It was, you know, it, it was, um, I would, I would call it a mild flu. That's how I would characterize it. And of course it started the day before I had a really big podcast scheduled as uh, mother nature uh, tends to, uh, tends to play jokes on me in that way. I was scheduled to have a podcast, record a podcast with Dr. Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD as he is known um, and who has graciously rescheduled uh, with me. So we are actually recording in a few weeks um, re or 
you know, recording the original one that we should have recorded uh, in a few weeks. And when I first started feeling off, it presented as a really bad headache and low back pain. And I know, I knew that something was off because let me tell you, Betty's, I have been adjusted. You know, I've been under chiropractic care for the past 25 years. This buttercup doesn't get headaches and she doesn't get back pain. So whenever any of those two symptoms present, it's like, what's happening? This is wrong. Wrong. You know, my back is, uh, you know, it, it is, it is healthy and good. There's no issues with it. I have no problems with neck issues, no headaches, nothing. So the first night, um, I ran a, I ran a fever. Uh, the fever was about 39 Fahrenheit and, uh, gosh, I forgot to convert that, um, uh, pardon me, 39 Celsius. Uh, and I don't know what that is Fahrenheit. That's probably a hundred and call it two, let's say, or 101, um, which I welcomed actually. And that might sound a little weird, um, to welcome in a fever, um, especially when the whole world runs to take antipyretics, right? Like they run to take fever reducing medication. But one of the things, um, my hope in this podcast is to also reframe what it means to be sick and what it means to be healthy. If fever is a natural, healthy, robust immune response to an invading pathogen and fevers, um, you know, one of the things that they do, uh, you know, if it's a bacterial infection, it will denature the proteins on the bacteria the fever will also slow viral replication. So I had a fever, I was sweating and I loved it. And, um, I would encourage anyone who does have a fever of 39, um, or in Fahrenheit up to 104, let's say, um, to actually ride that fever out. That is a beautiful response from your, uh, immune system. And it is a way to actually slow the duration of the sickness. So anytime that you take an antipyretic medication to reduce the fever, you're just prolonging the sickness. So highly recommend fevers. Uh, it is actually, uh, your immune system's way of saying, Hey boo, don't worry. I got this. Okay. So anyway, mild flu symptoms I had for about three days. And then, um, I also actually lost my taste and smell, which to be honest, at the time of this recording still hasn't fully returned. My taste is back, but not back to normal. Everything is like kind of muted. You know, I can taste it, um, sort of, but not like before smell. I am, I'm still not back to smell. So unless my face is like right up in the thing I'm smelling, I cannot smell it. I was making, um, muffins, uh, like key, uh, pardon me, uh, keto, uh, like a keto, uh, cookies, uh, the other day and the whole house, everyone was like, wow, it smells so good. I'm like, really? <laughs> and this is actually, uh, this smell, um, of course, this is evidence of course, that the virus, uh, invades the nervous system because the olfactory, um, our sense of smell is one of the most ancient, um, mechanisms that we have. And this is one of the tests that I used to run in the clinic to evaluate cranial nerve function. So in the case of the olfactory nerve, I would assess how far away someone could smell the item that, um, you know, the item at hand. So maybe it was co uh, coffee beans or vanilla or smelly markers I had as well in my little neurological kit. And depending on the distance that they could smell it, it was either a 
uh, mild loss, a moderate loss of smell or a a marked loss of smell. And right now I'm about three weeks post-infection and I've still, I still have marked loss. Like I still have severe loss of smell, meaning that the item has to be right under my nose in order for me to pick up the scent. And, um, I can like my, uh, I just picked up some coffee beans yesterday for my uh, coffee machine. And literally I had to open the bag and put my face in the bag in order to smell the coffee, which is crazy. Um, normally I could open the bag and kind of, you know, maybe if it was at my hips or if my arms were extended, I could, I could pick up that aroma, but I can't do that right now. Um, unless my face is right there, unless my nose is right there. Uh, and you may also be able to hear in my voice, my voice is also not a hundred percent back. So, um, you know, I was joking a couple of weeks ago, you know, like welcome to my late night FM DJ voice. And now it's, it's, it's still a bit lower than it normally is. And there's a bit more, what I would characterize as a bit more of like a nasal component to it. So voice is still not quite there. And coming back to the fever, you know, one of the things that I did uh, physically that I did every day, um, actually for seven straight days, uh, even when my own body had um, stopped producing a fever, was a sauna every day at about 151 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, which is the about, about the maximum that my sauna um can do. And I was in there for about an hour daily. And the reason why I was doing that is I was trying to continue to replicate some of the beneficial effects that the fever was doing. So trying to increase my core body temperature. Uh, Of course, some detoxification happens as you're sweating and you're, you know, um, but the detox was not the goal. The detox was to replicate, the the sauna use was to replicate um, the fever. Um, the other thing that I had actually very sore throat and a cough, um, nothing really deep into the lungs. It was more just in my throat, but I was becoming concerned at one point. It was like maybe the three or four day mark that I might be getting a secondary infection, uh, which can often happen with either a viral or a bacterial uh, pathogen because your immune system is working so hard for so long. Opportunistic bacteria that we all ha- or viruses that we all house all the time um, can't uh, begin to uh, also replicate and take over, which is why I was saunaing like a like a gangster uh, for for uh, for a week. So in addition to the daily sauna. Uh, this is what I did. So physically I was always in warm things. So warm sweater, I had a scarf on, I had a hat on, um, I had socks on and the socks. So my feet and my neck, those were two areas that I never wanted to be chilly or cold. And in fact, I wanted them to be warm. And this is more from my traditional Chinese medicine training um, around wind invasions, uh, the neck, the back of the neck being one of them. And then the feet um, are uh, entry points for wind invasion. So if you're ever sick, just like a general, you know, maybe your mom or your you know, grandmother have already told this to you, but always wear socks. Um, and when we look at acupuncture points, the five winds are actually in the little nooks in between each of the toes. So it was always warm. Um, For my respiratory symptoms, so like the cough that I had, uh, I had, uh, you know, maybe a sore throat, it's not respiratory, but what I was, you know, I was stuffed up, um, a lot of congestion in my sinuses. Um, I was using a nebulizer 
um, hourly. So a nebulizer is something I'll, in the show notes, I'll put the link to the one that um, I, I have. It's like, no, there's nothing special. I just picked it up on Amazon. Um, but what I did was I put one mil of hydrogen peroxide um, to five mils of um, distilled water in the nebulizer and then let that run for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and hydrogen peroxide is exactly what you think it is. It's that cheap. You can kind of get it at the drug uh, store. Um, very, very potent antiviral, antibacterial. Uh, I would alternate the hydrogen peroxide with colloidal silver as well. So one mil of colloidal silver to five mils of distilled water and I'll run that on the nebulizer for like 10 to 15 minutes. And I did that hourly for about three days and it cleaned out my nasal cavity or disinfects the nasal cavity, which is where pr the primary replication is, is taking place. I also found that it made me sneeze. And that's probably because the hydrogen peroxide, like, you know, the one to five uh, ratio was quite high. Um, so sneezing is also a good, you know, uh, reaction by the body to sort of clear things out. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. LMNT also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. And then the other thing sort of physically or, you know, behavior wise that I did was I slept like holy mother of Isis. I slept like the boss that I am. Like I was sleeping for 12 to 13 hours a night. And I did that for seven to eight days straight. Never have I ever slept that much consistently, like that 12 to 13 hour range. Like I've maybe done, you know, maybe after a long flight or something like, you know, sleep for 12 or 13 hours, but every day for seven or eight days, I've never done that. And I just felt like I needed that sleep. Um, it was my body's, uh, you know, my body was basically saying like, girl, like, you know, you're down for the count, like take a, take a, take a break. And, um, and I, and I just followed that, um, followed that innate guidance. And, um, so lots of sleeping. And the other thing that I did, and I, there's, I don't really, I can't really justify why I did this, but I felt compelled to, uh, I was taping my mouth shut, uh, you know, a la James Nestor, right? So making sure that I was continuing to breathe through my nose and not my mouth. Um, whether that was the right thing to do, I can't, I can't say uh, either way. Um, but I know that when I'm sick, I have a tendency to breathe with my mouth open and I didn't want that. Um, partly because it was annoying my throat. Um, and the other thing was I just wanted, um, I just wanted to be breathing through my nose. So I don't know if that's the right thing to do. So I'm, I'm not recommending that, but that's just what I felt compelled to do. So those are some of the physical things chemically or nutritionally. Um, I wanted to zinc that motherfucker out of existence. So I was taking 50 milligrams uh, of zinc 
uh, one to two times a day. So I have these lozenges from, um, I believe the company is Life Extension. I'll have to go look at my, um, I'll have to go look at my supplement cabinet, but uh, they come in these sort of slow, these lozenges that you can just kind of pop in your mouth and keep. I was doing two of those a day. Um, I was also taking um, THC uh, or cannabis for uh, for the headaches. And I was doing this, obviously not smoking it because when you have a respiratory um, uh, illness, you don't want to be smoking anything. Uh, so I was uh, chewing. So I was taking gummies um, and I had um, these gummies that were five milligrams um, you know, each of the gummies were like five milligrams. So I was doing five, maybe 10. If my headache was really bad, uh, I may or may not have gotten a touch giggly, uh, after taking three of those gummies, uh, on one occasion, uh, with a very bad headache. Um, and of course, um, there's been a lot of research on oral ingestion of cannabis and its effects on the brain versus smoking, uh, you know, weed and its effects on the brain. So, um, cannabis chewing, yes, smoking, no. Uh, and there has been some, uh, at least some preliminary studies on slowing the, or stopping the viral replication under the influence of cannabis. So I was taking some of some micro doses, uh, like five to 10, um, like one or two gummies, let's say. I also took, uh, a hero's dose or heroine's dose of vitamin D3, uh, and D3 only. So, uh, it was around, I was taking about 30 drops and each drop was, um, a thousand IUs. So I was taking about 30,000 IUs daily. Um, you want to have, if you're going to do something like that, you definitely want to not have the K2, uh, in it. A lot of vitamin D will now come with a D3 and K2 blend, but the K2, uh, does have, when you're taking that much of it can have some deleterious effects on the arterial arterial system. So uh, 30,000 IUs of just D3. I know doctors, I have friends who prescribe a hundred thousand, uh, IUs of vitamin D, but I just, um, tempered my intake with 30, um, and felt that that was an appropriate level for me. Hyperhydrate. Let me tell you, um, and I was telling this to my clinicians, uh, last week, I almost lost eight pounds, in that one week that I was sick with COVID, despite drinking four gallons of water a day, and sometimes it was six. So, you know, most days I was, I have these big, um, um, mason jars that I drink uh, water out of. And at least four times I was refilling them. Sometimes I was feeling so dehydrated that it was up to like six. And I also was taking salt. So um, one of the things I was trying to do was to stay hot. I was trying to stay hydrated because I was so dehydrated. Um, this virus, man, like even with the Omicron variant or the seemingly milder variant, it eats away at your reserves, despite my best effort to stay hydrated. And despite my best effort to eat, which was also very difficult, I had a very hard time eating I did make, um, you know, I was having soup. I have chicken, like I have bone broth. Um, and I was making like a chicken rice soup, um, with some cinnamon in it. And man, like even just getting down a bowl was like incredibly difficult. And I was joking, um, all week that, you know, maybe my next book should be like the COVID diet, you know, like how to lose eight pounds in eight days without exercise. Right. It's got a catchy title to it. Although, um, maybe the mechanism is not ideal. So hyperhydrate, hyperhydrate, at least four gallons or four liters of water. 
uh, daily. Uh, and I would also take it with salt so that your body, so you can help your body hold on to that water as well. The other thing I did was I made ginger shots. So this was like ground up ginger, black pepper, cayenne, squeeze of uh, like a cayenne pepper, uh, a squeeze of like a little, you know, squeak of, I have some raw pasteurized honey from uh, a farm that I go visit um, every um, every summer. And it's like raw unpasteurized honey. They, they're a bee farm. And, you know, you certainly don't need to have that particular honey, but if you can get raw and unpasteurized honey, that's amazing. It's way better than the like squeeze squeezy bottles that you might find in the grocery store. And ginger, of course, is a broad antiviral. Um, If you hate those shots because, and I would understand why, because they honestly taste like death. It's the worst. Um, What I started doing at the beginning of the week was I was diluting the ginger, the cayenne, the the pepper, the honey. I was diluting it in hot water and sort of sipping it as a tea through the day. And then I lost my taste and my smell. So um, I was actually able to take it as a very concentrated shot. So I was taking those shots like a gangster because I could, I could feel the heat, you know, I could sort of feel the heat from the pepper, but I couldn't taste it. I couldn't taste anything. So, um, uh, you know, t- take that what you will. So it can either be diluted in a tea and sort of sipped over the course of the, or over the course of maybe an hour, or you can take it concentrated in there. And then ginger typically will concentrate like the active agents in ginger will concentrate in the blood about 60 minutes after ingestion as well. Now, interestingly, the other thing I want, the other observation I wanted to share with you is since getting COVID, um, I have been very, carnivore. Like I'm eating no vegetables, no desire for vegetables, which is not normal for me. I'm only eating meat. Um, the only exception to that would be sauerkraut. I want, I have, um, a certain brand of sauerkraut that I just adore. Uh, and I have like five jars of it in my kitchen at any one time. And that's the only vegetable, let's say I want sauerkraut is essentially just fermented cabbage but I'm eating all sorts of meat. Uh, I have been having fruit. So I've been having, uh, I've been able to stomach about half of an apple. Um, and then I've been also having pink grapefruit. So kind of, and, and the apple I've been having, I don't know if this matters, but it's like the, it's called the pink lady. So it's sort of like a pinky skin apple and then pink grapefruit. I'm actually planning on asking, um, Paul, um, Dr. Saladino, when he comes on the show, if he's heard anything like that, like post COVID infection, you know, tastes shifting more carnivore or less, you know, it might be just a N of one and I'm just a freak. I don't know, but I don't want vegetables. And I've, of course, you know, my whole, um, you know, premise around female health and healing is the consumption in particular of green leafy vegetables. So, um, I'm, I'll ask Saladin, I'll see what he has to say, and you, you'll be able to tune into that as well. Uh, lastly, a couple things. Uh, magnesium, I took 800 milligrams daily uh, for about a week. One of the things we know uh, just via, for women, because you menstruate every month, but when you're sick, absolutely your magnesium levels tank. So I was taking uh, kind of the upper limit of magnesium, 800 milligrams daily. Um, and lastly, um, I took Chinese skullcap, licorice, and isatis um, for immune support. So these are in droplets, uh, in, in like drop form. Um, and that 
was, I don't have, I'm not a herbalist by any means, but this was information uh, that I had derived from an absolutely fabulous book that you all should have on hand. It's called Herbal Antivirals by Booner. Uh, I'll put, again, I'll put the Amazon link in there as well, but a fabulous book for, he has another one on herbal um, antibiotics as well. So Chinese skullcap and licorice, of course, are, um, Two uh, compounds, when you put them together, they amplify each other. Again, broad antivirals uh, have been used, um, or there's some studies or some uh, research to suggest that they were very effective with the original SARS, so SARS-CoV-1, which was way back in 2003, I guess it was now, or 2002. Um, So fabulous book, that's where that comes from. I always have Chinese skullcap and licorice um, in my supplement cabinet, and um, and yeah, that's that's what I did. Um, didn't get any secondary uh, infections. Was very happy about that. Didn't, there was no need to take antibiotics. Uh, didn't take any antivirals either. So I know that. Um, you know, there are some antivirals that are, um, specifically for COVID that you can take, uh, decided against that. I wanted to see if I could handle it, um, myself, particularly given that Omicron is a much milder variant, uh, and that I'm young, um, at least in my, at least my emotional maturity, I'm very young and, (laughs) you know, I'm in my forties. So relatively young on the risk, on the absolute risk and relative risk, um, uh, scale, uh, very healthy as well. So, um, as you all know, I've been like, you know, praying to the church of resistance training, uh, for, you know, a, a good portion of my life, several decades now. Um, so really felt like I had the reserves and the wherewithal to sort of do it naturally. And that of course may not be, uh, effective for e- everyone. Uh, but those were some of the natural, um, lifestyle interventions that I undertook. And, um, hopefully if you are on this, uh, you know, journey with me, you will, um, I'll be able to report on when my smell gets better. It's really weird not being able to smell anything unless you're right up to it. And hopefully my voice also as a podcaster, kind of important to have a voice. Uh, hopefully my voice, uh, also is on the mend and gets back to its original perky self. But until then I do feel like I sort of have a bit of a frog in there. So, uh, would love to hear if this was useful for you. Uh, if there's anything that you learned that you didn't know before that maybe you might integrate into future viral infections as well. A lot of these protocols that I talked about will be, would be really useful, not just for SARS-CoV-2, uh, but for any, any viral infection. Like as I was mentioning, ginger is a broad antiviral, zinc and magnesium, hyperhydrating, sleeping, nebulizer to sort of clean out the nasal cavity cavity in the upper respiratory area. Um, so I hope that you found this useful. Would love uh, to hear, you know, in your reviews and in your comments that you leave about the podcast, uh, what you're taking from this. So until next time, I'll see you then. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast better with Dr. Stephanie is for general information only and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare providers, advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, 
diagnosis or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only. 